This is the Adult Explore the Bible Weekly Leader Training Podcast. This podcast is designed to help teachers prepare to lead a Bible study group using LifeWay's Explore the Bible adult resources. Each week, we review the Bible passage for that week's study, examine some questions teachers may face, and give some teaching tips along the way. This summer, we are studying Jeremiah and Lamentations. I'm Amber Vaden, your host, and today I'm joined by Mike Livingston. Mike serves as an editor on our Explore the Bible team. He is a veteran at that. He also leads a Bible study at his church using Explore the Bible and brings loads of teaching experience to our discussion today. So thank you for being here, Mike. Thank you, Amber. Today, we're looking at session 13. We are wrapping up our study and entering the book of Lamentations. Uh, Specifically, we will look at Lamentations 3, verses 19 through 33. Before we begin our questions and discussion time, uh, just a brief outline of what is in this passage. So at the very beginning, um, we have titled From Despair to Hope. In verses 19 through 24, Jeremiah expressed the despair experienced because of God's discipline seen in Jerusalem's destruction by the Babylonians. However, hope came when he remembered the Lord. Even during grief, he was sure of God's love and mercy, comparing them to the freshness of a new day. The next section of verses, Lamentations 3, verses 25 through 30, from waiting to seeing. Jeremiah was sure of God's salvation to those who wait on him, knowing that God is good and working for the good of each person. Hardships strengthen one's faith. So we should recognize difficulties as opportunities to trust God more. The younger we accept hardships, the better equipped we will become to face life with hope. And then finally, Lamentations 3, 31 through 33, we've entitled From Rejection to Compassion. Jeremiah found hope in knowing that God would not continue to reject his people since he does not enjoy watching them suffer. He was confident that God's love was present, even in the suffering. And our overall summary statement for today's session is God's presence gives his people peace. Um, So this is a, a ray of hope, a bright spot after the whole book of Jeremiah of Uh, Jeremiah calling people to repentance and their sinfulness and then God's judgment. And here we are in Lamentations. Mike, let's just begin there. Can you share what is the historical context of this passage? Yeah, to understand Lamentations, you have to understand something about the historical background, Mm -hmm. which is the fall of Jerusalem. Lamentations was written shortly after Jerusalem fell to the Babylonians. So Jerusalem had been under siege for about 18 months. Then the Babylonian army broke through the walls. They destroyed the city. They plundered it. They burned it and the temple as well. Lots of people uh, were slaughtered. Um, Many were enslaved and many were deported to Babylon. And this is a firsthand account of all of that. I mean, those realities are described in the book of Lamentations. And, and I, I would encourage you, if you've not done this, just to read through the book. It's a short book, five chapters, just to read through the entire book. And and you get a sense of the the utter horror and, and terror of, of what had been happening in Jerusalem. Um, for example, um, 
chapter one, verse 11 describes people searching for food. I mean, they're, they're searching for bread and trading what little possessions they own and, and perhaps even their own children for food to, so they could stay alive during the siege. <clears throat> or in chapter two, it describes mothers being forced by desperation to eat their own children. Priests being slaughtered in the temple where they had taken refuge, believing that God would protect them there. So <clears throat> these these were these were very dark times and just uh, un unthinkable horrors were, were were taking place. And so <clears throat> understanding the historical context makes chapter three, uh, the verses we're looking at in the session, makes uh, these verses a a bright shining star in the middle of all of this in the middle of book the book of lamentations like it's it's a crack in the darkness through which the the, the light is is streaming um so there's someone once said the brightest light shines in the darkest mm -hmm. night well th this th these verses are that bright light shining in the in the darkest of night that's helpful mike why uh as we look at these verses why the change in tone between verses 19 and 20 and then the remaining ones uh, that come after that that we're studying today? Yeah. And there, you're right. that There is a definite change of tone uh, starting in verse 21. And I would go back. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me go back to verse 18. I don't think 18 is not printed in, in our books. But let, let me go back to and pick up the thought in verse 18 where you can even really see the, the change. Uh, in verse 18, he says, my future is lost as well as my hope. So there he says, my my future is gone. My hope yeah. is gone. And then in verse 21, he says, yet I call this to mind. Uh, so so Jeremiah has said, I, I lost hope. His hope was gone because there's something he hadn't taken into account. Because when he says, "Yet I call this to mind," and then then it then the tone changes, so he hadn't taken into account the faithfulness of God, and that changed everything. So he goes from "My hope is lost" to "Wait a minute, I, I call this to mind." Now I have hope. So the difference there, the difference is what he called to mind, and here and here's what here's what he remembered. Here, here's what changed everything for him. In verse 22, that's what changed everything. Because of the Lord's faithful love, we don't perish, and his mercies never end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. And then and going on, verse 24, the Lord is my portion, therefore I'll put my hope in him. Um, I, I think the book of Lamentations and the book of Job mm -hmm. raise some similar questions for us. Like, where is God in the face of suffering, in the face of all that's going on? Where where is God? And and the answer um, that's there uh, in Lamentations is that God, God wasn't absent from this tragedy. God was there. God was present. Uh, in one in one way, God was present as judge. I mean, He's using the Babylonian army to carry out His purposes to judge as well as to refine His covenant people. Um, but God was also there in mercy. Yes, I mean. 
the fact that he spared them from being utterly wiped out by Babylon and that he would later restore them to their land. And he would later send the Messiah to fulfill all the promises that he has made. Um, God was, he was still there. Uh, though the, the loss was real, the pain was real, the devastation was real. I mean, real people lost their lives. They lost their homes. But in all that, Jeremiah could say, God is still faithful. He is, he's faithful to his righteous character. He's faithful to his promises. So Jeremiah, the, the book of Lamentations teaches us to focus on God's faithfulness and love when we're walking through those dark times. That's good. Talk about the Hebrew word kased. What does it mean and why is it important in Lamentations? Yeah, that's in verse 22, 322. And it's translated different ways, depending on your translation. CSB, it says it's faithful love. The KJV is mercies. Uh, or it might be steadfast love, great love in other translations. It's a word that you find so many times in the Old Testament, uh, like almost to, like 249, I think, to be exact, in the Hebrew Bible. It's a really rich word, full of meaning. So in ancient Israel, it, it was a word often associated with one's obligations to, to the community or to another person. And the basic meaning of kesed is loyalty or faithfulness. It's the basic, basic meaning. And it speaks here about God's covenant relationship with his people. Uh, it speaks to God, God being a, a God of covenant, a God of faithfulness. And it goes back to Exodus 34, 6, where you find the word used there to describe who God is and God's nature, God's character. It says the Lord is a compassionate and gracious God. Slow to anger, abounding in faithful love. There's the word faithful love and truth, maintaining faithful love. There it is again to a thousand generations, forgiving iniquity, rebellion and sin. So the word the word um, encompasses a lot of ideas, but it definitely encompasses the ideas of grace and mercy and forgiveness and compassion and faithfulness. And it's a word that reminds us that God loves us even when we don't deserve it. And the reason this is important in, in Lamentations is that even in the context of all the suffering and the loss and the judgment, it, it affirmed that God never stopped loving despite his discipline of them. And discipline is, as we know, it is an act of love. And God never failed to keep his, the promises that he had made. And I, I, I've found, I've discovered that it's often we don't realize the faithfulness of God until the, the bottom has fallen out mm -hmm. of, of, our, of our lives. Uh, and that's, that's when we are in the best position to really understand how faithful God is. And, and, I, and I love the phrase that he uses in verse 24 when he says, the Lord is my portion. And I've so often I've just read that and just, you know, read right past it without really thinking about what that means when he says the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I'll put my hope in him. But that word portion, it's, it's it means 
share. He's my share, or it can even mean he's my inheritance. Mm-hmm. And just to put it simply, in the simplest possible way, when he says the Lord is my portion, what he's saying in that is the Lord is all I have. He's all I have. And when he's all you have, you realize that he's all you need. Yes. So there's that. It's just that I think your your question was about that word, yeah. Kessid, and it's just it's just a there's so much in there. It's, it's such a a rich, wonderful word for us. It is, and we, and we see it in other parts of Scripture. So it's a it's a good one to know. Uh, there is a pack item related to that word. There is a one-page handout that is a word study on cassette. And so if you are a group leader wanting to uh, go deeper into that and share a little bit more than maybe what's in the leader guide, that pack item is there for you to share with your group. Uh, and it is, it is available, um, available for you to do that. Uh, okay, our final question. In what ways does God show new mercies each day? Um, yeah, and that's, and that's a good good question. Um, when, when he says, Jeremiah says that God's mercies are new every morning um, in verse 23. I think that's, that's related. It's connected to what comes right after that. You have to read that, mm-hmm. all that together. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Um, it's it's saying here that God is He's a faithful God. He is a God is a promise keeping God, and His faithfulness is great. Great is your faithfulness, and and that word, the Hebrew word, great, it carries the meaning of more than enough. Hmm. More than enough. Uh, his faithfulness is more than enough. His grace and his mercy never runs out. There's an infinite supply of God's grace, God's mercy, God's faithfulness. So when we are struggling, when our hearts are struggling with with pain or fear or grief or loneliness, we can affirm, we can know that God's grace is sufficient. It's more than enough. And in the lowest points of our lives, we can know that he's more than enough. So how how does God show new mercies every morning? Um, you know, I, I think I think we can answer that. I, I can answer that by going to Romans eight. Yeah, I think I think that answers it right there. Okay. Romans eight twenty eight tells us that God is working in our lives for good. Yes. Uh, in every situation, He's working in our lives for good, and, it's, and it's, He's not working so that we will have carefree lives and trouble-free lives, but he's working for our good according to his purpose, which is, Paul says, which is to make us more like Jesus. Mm-hmm. So in every situation, God is working to make us more like Jesus, To He's working for his good purpose in us. And then he goes on, Paul goes on in that chapter, towards the end of the chapter there, he asks that question, really important question, who can separate us from the love of Christ? And he just starts naming all these things and asking, you know, the question, well, can affliction, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword, uh, some of the very things that they were dealing with back, you know, in, in the book of Lamentations. In other words, he's Paul is asking the question, can the very worst circumstances of life separate us from God's love? Mm-hmm. And of course, his answer is no, uh, nothing can. 
not things present, not things to come, not things in the spiritual realm, not things in the physical world, not your past, your present, or, or your future. And in fact, e even in the midst of all these terrible situations, we can know that, you know, we, we don't just get through it. God didn't, he doesn't just help us get through it, but we can emerge more than conquerors through him who loved us, Paul says. So our, our victory um, in those dark times is ensured because of our relationship to Christ. So we can know uh, every day, every morning that in, in everything that he never stops loving us and he never stops working uh, for our good. So every morning when we wake up, you think about the challenges you face today or that day. And you can say, for this, I have Jesus and he's enough. I like that so much. That does bring us right into our key doctrine uh, on page 125 of the personal study guide. There's a little box there that lists the key doctrine for this week. Uh, and it is God the Father. Uh, we know that he is all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving, and all-wise. Uh, and so that is one of the, the key truths that we are learning and seeing in today's passage. And so I just want to point that out. Uh, that That's a, a good uh, truth to spend just a minute on as you study uh, this passage this week with your group. Mike, thank you for being here. As always, it has been uh you have been so insightful and have added to our understanding of this passage. So thank you. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening today. If you have comments or questions, you are welcome to send me an email at amber.vaden at lifeway.com. Uh, and I will do my best to answer your question. Or if I don't know the answer, I'll find the right person who can. Next week, we begin a new study on the Gospel of Mark. Join us as we discuss Mark chapter 1, verses 1 through 13.